Today on Gospel Unscripted. This is the big Powerball question, right? This is the one, the crux. Do you believe in the Son of Man? We just want to welcome you to Gospel Unscripted today. And we are here to encourage you and to pray for you and to read through the gospel with you. So what we want to do today is make connections, observations, ask questions, all in an unscripted manner. So while we have done some studying and preparing before we get together, nothing we say has been discussed ahead of time. So you're getting kind of the the uh, the unfiltered, sort of filtered, filtered but edited <laughs> version of, of all of this. So um, we just want to join with you in pursuing the heart of Jesus and just learn about God's plan to give all of us a future and a hope. So let's get started. Let's get started. God, we just want to bless you and um, live our lives for you, God. We just thank you for pouring into us. Help us in this time to pour out. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's, you know, we talked about verse 22 already. Should we go ahead and go to 24 and read that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. So verse 24, so for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. They said Mm. to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they Mm. reviled him, saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since Hmm. the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Mm. Wow, there's so much there. There was a lot. Okay, so the reason I was excited about verse 24 is I I don't know if you have this note in your Bible or not, but uh, the little section that says, give glory to God. So apparently this was a solemn charge to tell the truth. So it was kind of like, oh, um, I don't know what a modern day phrase would be, um, but it gave Joshua seven nineteen as a cross reference. I didn't story of Achan. I just heard about this yes. yesterday. So then he hid a bunch of stuff and buried it or something, mm-hmm. right? Yes. My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give him praise. Tell me what you have done. Do not hide it from me. So that was. I just had never heard that before. I didn't know that that's what the give glory to God means. Um, that they're saying like, seriously now, you know, like, yeah. Well, and the blind man does not stumble. 
You know, I feel like they're trying mm-hmm. to catch him in his words in, in yep. some way. They are. Yes. And but he's like, whether he's a sinner, I don't know. I was blind and now I see. I mean, mm-hmm. he keeps it to the absolute empirical truth. This is what yeah. I know. It is it is right. eyewitness testimony, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure at this point he probably is getting a little frustrated, like as you were saying. You know, he's probably on sensory overload, seeing things that he'd never seen before. And, um, you know, what just happened? And I love how he says, do you, do you not, do you not believe me? Do you not hear me? Do you want to be his disciples too? I Yeah, it's there, he's just throwing it back at him. I love that. But it kind of sets him off because then yeah. in 28, they hurled, yeah. it, the, the hurling of insults hurled begins. Insults. And that was the part about Moses, right? That they're the disciples of Moses, but yeah. they don't know who this guy comes from. So yeah, it's obvious like at the beginning of chapter nine, that the man born blind was not his disciple, um, mm. was not a disciple of Jesus. He was just a man that was blind. And as Jesus and the disciples passed him, the disciples asked Jesus, you know, hey, you know, what's going on with this man? But now the Pharisees are claiming, you know, they've, they've decided that the man is his disciple. So you are his disciple is what they say. And again, these, so the, the blind man, when he's pressed to say who Jesus is, you know, he goes to, he's a prophet, even though no prophets had these sort of healing miracles that they, they did not do that kind of miracle. Right now, Mm -hmm. God did. So like Naaman, Naaman was the leper, right? And he had to wash in the river like seven times and it healed his leprosy. And like King Hezekiah was sick with a boil or something. And he prayed to God for extra time and he was given that time by God. So so God directly healing, but prophets doing that business, like Moses Miracles right. of that sort were not worked through a prophet like Moses. Yeah. It's blowing up the schema, looking at a whole new paradigm. Like they've never dealt with this sort of of miracle before. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that connection to some of the Old Testament. I know you remarked about how they were hurling insults at him mm-hmm. in 28 and 29. And the authority of Moses was like the standard of yes. Israel's up until that point and so if you're saying well we are disciples of him versus this like jesus that who is he yeah you know they decided he was a nobody this prophet and i'm sure that was very insulting too for this probably illiterate man to mm-hmm. be saying this to these learned learned rabbis yeah, you know, I'm sure that probably uh, was not what they wanted to hear. So just kind of thinking about, I'm sure I, you know, I know there's probably a lot more there than what I'm even noticing, but just that connection to Moses and that that mm-hmm. was their standard. And I, and I just, I love that part too about I kind of what you're saying, Amy, that this guy really sticks to uh hi kitty cat this guy really sticks to like the basics the the evidence like he says in verse 31 we know that god does not listen to sinners he listens to the godly man who does his will but he's basically saying like we know that god doesn't listen to sinners so like if this happened how like 
how could this have happened? We know that yeah. this man couldn't have done this if he weren't from God. So I just love how he is going back to, you know, just the evidence right. of what just happened. And, you know, if this happened, then like the other can't be true. Psalm 66, 18. If I no, had cherished good. iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Hmm. Mm, that's interesting. Iniquity being sin. Yeah. Okay. And then Proverbs 28, 9. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayers an abomination. Hmm. And then the last one is Isaiah 115. I got it. Isaiah 115. When you yes. spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. And then verse 16, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. I'm glad you read that next verse. That was mm. helpful. Well, and on the okay. other side of that, on the, on other, the other side of that, you've got James five sixteen. The prayer yeah. of a righteous person has power, is has great power as it is working. Yeah, that I always heard is yeah. powerful and effective. You know, that's what I've always yeah. heard. Powerful and effective. Yes, yes. No, I like that. I like that you bring up the opposite side. Speaking of sin and talk of sin and sin's effect is, I think, pervasive in this chapter too. Because from the beginning, you know, the assumption is, of course, that that, that sin has caused this terrible thing, and and the man himself, who that was said about, which wasn't true, obviously, which Jesus refuted, but is now equating sin with an inability to do these things that Jesus is mm. doing, right? So, yeah. So, yeah. The, the heaviness and the debilitating effect of sin is understood here by all mm. parties, by yeah. the Pharisees, by by the man himself you know they yeah that they speak unable of, yeah it makes you able well and it makes me think of i don't know if this is if this is a good place for my mind to jump but it makes me think of of john 15 when you know like abiding in the vine like yeah i'm near the branches I, you know without me you can do nothing yep. well and like that like the man says that in in 33 he says if he weren't from God, he could do nothing. That's just what it made me think of. Yeah. I wanted to say something about verse 34. They answered him, you were born in utter sin and would you teach mm. us? And mm. they cast him out. So they are just claiming, they're telling him like, look, you were born blind because of your sin. And not only that, but they cast him out. Here he has yeah. this miracle of his life he's finally yeah. seeing and should be rejoicing um but then he gets cast out so which let's let's be honest though he wasn't embraced in the fold previous to this either i mm -hmm. mean it, it's true it, is his life going to change i mean his life has altered greatly but will his day-to-day -day in, in terms of the temple i mean what's he losing for them to cast him out it's not like they're taking That's privileges away from him he hasn't had any wow. you know jesus that's, is the that's best, a good point. better option wow. right there and the temple was tied to god's presence but then here comes jesus the son of god 
mm-hmm. like in the next little section who like it comes full circle and he comes back and finds the man. So really, wow. does he really need the temple anyway? <laughs> but yeah. he has, he does. I, like, I just realized yeah. that when you said that. that yeah. You know, I mean, they really made it. his life all that much. Right. And the fact of being able to go to the temple or not. Yeah. Yeah. Then, throwing, probably. then throwing him out just made it easier. It, you know, they yeah. just paved the way for what Jesus was going to do yeah. anyway. Yeah. Because Jesus sought that yeah. man. Right. You know? Like he seeks every sinner, you know? Wow. Yes. I love it. Well, let's read the next section. 35 to the end. 35. Yeah. Um, Jesus heard that they had cast him out and having found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? And he answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said, you have seen him and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment, I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see your guilt remains. Oh, there's a lot there. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you just said Jesus went and found him and it's just a, such a beautiful little rescue right there. That Jesus, yeah. he, he he went and he found him and he's he's not going to let him be discouraged. Now, Jesus also, in a way, in a very different way, puts this man on the spot, right? Mm-hmm. The Pharisees are mm-hmm. trying to do it in this sort of intense, badgering the witness sort of way. But here Jesus says, do you believe in the Son of Man? Mm-hmm. Which many episodes ago, we had that a big discussion about that Son of Man thing from Daniel. Daniel 7, 13, I saw in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. So that's messianic language, that whole verse from Daniel right there. So this is like, this is the big Powerball question, right? This is the one, the crux. Do you believe in the son of man? Yeah, I love how you said that he was putting him on the spot. When Mm -hmm. I was reading one of my commentaries that I read, said, you know, the, the fact that, Jesus found him implies that he was looking for him so he might confirm his faith by discipleship, by like some kind of commitment, which I I hadn't really, you know, thought that it had gone that far. But I guess that does kind of make sense that he kind of was backing him in the corner, wanted to know, like, what do you really think? Well, yeah, and in, a, yeah. in a good way, in a good in a, way. Yes, in a way. Yes, I just yeah. hadn't thought of it from that perspective before. Yeah, and I, that, I love it that it's like, I mean, it's, it's just so hopeful and good. And it's like, he's giving the man a chance to say, yes, I believe in you and have, and have that hope. I mean, I can just picture Jesus doing it with a smile, you know, and like Mm. about ready to like embrace him. It's a believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, so he's believing in his heart and now his is his opportunity to confess with his mouth. Although the man does respond with the question, who is he? Who is he? Who is the son of man that I may believe in him? And then 
Jesus at just the right time, you know, reveals you've seen him. And like, I'm talking to you, like right mm-hmm. here, mano a mano, right? And and the response is worship. And, you know, yeah. it, it it begs the question, all right, well, what does that mean? What did that guy do right there that constituted worship? Was worship in his heart? Was I wondered words, that too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, I wondered. Yeah, I, I guess immediately I thought, oh, he bowed down. Like, mm-hmm. that was what I thought. But I know you know, worship can take many different forms. And I wonder exactly, I'm sure there was probably, you know, when John was writing this, I'm sure there was probably a understanding of what that meant, but I yeah. feel like in context, it means something a little different. So, but yeah, the well, point is he worked him and he recognized who he was. Yeah. Right. I did wonder what that looked like. So I'm walking the dogs when I'm listening to this whole section <laughs> yesterday and I, and I'm I thinking, that. all right, your animal kind of worships you a little bit. I mean, dogs, maybe not cats, mm-hmm. right? But dogs. They, <laughs> love you. they submit yeah. to you though. Is that kind of what you were going to say? Well, no, like they, I mean, but no. I mean, yes, that's part of it though. But I they think love you. They want gonna, your attention, you know? Yeah. And, and like every second they want to be where you are. Like it is, it is their focus. You know, that, that their human, their person is their focus and that's worshipful, you know, and what do we worship? And I, and I'm totally dating myself when I think about this, talk about this, but the Beatles, you know, the old videos about the Beatles, those people worshiped the Beatles, you know, where, where do you spend your time, your talents, your money, your, your, all the things, is it, is it worshiping Jesus or is it worshiping your pocketbook? Is it worshiping, you know, the tv is it what are we worship a, a game you know mm-hmm. that you play all the time yeah. i mean what do we worship where yeah, do we put we... every bit of energy that we have you know yeah. It, yeah. it begs the question I, the paul david trip devotional that i've been doing he talks about how we're all worshipers like mm-hmm. what you're saying like we all are worshiping something where are we putting our attention but yeah that makes sense too the dog illustration. Yeah. <laughs> that they well, your attention. But also, I mean, they are kind of submitting to you. I feel like that's part of worship too. Yes, you know? it is because you, realize, you like, recognize charge. and it's a serve thing like Bob Dylan. Yeah. You got to serve somebody. Yeah, you serve somebody. I mean, I will, I am happy to serve somebody that I worship. It becomes a gladness of heart to do things when you are in a worshipful state, you know, every now and then when I go to church and that verse, you know, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, I feel Mm. that very deeply Mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. I wish it were every Sunday. I really, really do. But life is, you know, we live in this broken world that gets in the way of that. Anyway, he worshiped right there in the street because wherever it is, maybe it wasn't the street, but I imagine the street, you know, a market. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. That's why I mean, I think about how the chosen shows it that's yeah me too we went and saw it last night by the way did you yeah it was awesome you like so good yeah Yeah. I yeah I just I I loved it I got to talk with my dad a little bit about it over Thanksgiving and you know he he because of like his background he's like watching it with like eyes of like what are they doing that's historically accurate and what is not yeah. And, but you know what he said, they got so many things right and yeah. he really enjoyed it. And so I, my heart was so happy to hear that. It was like, Oh, That's good. Cool. You know, like he's, he said, you know, they really done the research. There was a lot of one interesting thing that he said though. Yeah. He, and this is not necessarily the chosen. This is just kind of like 
I think we all have this understanding that, you know, we all portray Jesus and his followers as having like this long hair. And he said that actually their hairstyles back then would have been like really cut short um, because that was like how the, you know, that was just how they did things. And then he said a lot of times that Jewish rabbis, they would have an additional job where their extra job on the side was a barber. That was like one of their jobs. And That's very interesting. I had never heard that in my life. That's and he's, very the interesting. That they are depicted with the long hair is because like the painters, you know, of like, I don't know, 15 or 1600s yes. or whoever started painting them that way. That was the hairstyles then. And so yes. that's why it was depicted that way. But I guess he said historically it, wow. you know, it the short hair and that the rabbis had this job on the side as being a barber. I never heard any of that. That's great. So. That's so anyway, not- I know that is well, not necessarily relating, but that was just something that I thought was really interesting. Yeah. So Roman soldiers, they, I mean, Roman <laughs> culture, they kept very short haircuts and they were beard. They, they shaved their beards too. They did. Because right. that, that was a warfare problem. Yes. So they didn't want hair and beard to be able to be grabbed yes. on during battle. So that, yes. that, I mean, and Romans were of course in large and in charge right here during yeah. this time. So yeah. it could have very easily influenced that haircut situation. Sorry. I know we got a little sidetracked there, but So you have the scene where Jesus is, you know, he goes to find the man, they talk, and it's like the Pharisees are just listening over his shoulder. Yeah. And like he knows, because then as soon as the man says he believes and he worships him, then Jesus starts talking about judgment and the blind. And you know that those words, you know who those words are meant for. Right. And then, you know. And it says in verse 40, some of the Pharisees near him heard these things. So yes. they were, yeah. they, they were, were near, you know, they must have followed yes. him out, you know, to just keep yeah. their eyes on what was still going on, even though he was cast out. I love, you know, Jesus's words here in 39 for judgment. Yeah. I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who mm. see may become blind. And mm. it's just, um, yeah, it's puzzling because those who see may become blind. There's a tension there of, you know, yeah. what is that about? And when I was reading in my commentary, it it referenced Matthew 6, 23, which that's the verse that says, if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Mm. If the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Mm. That that basically since the Pharisees were deliberately rejecting this light, it was basically saying that what was in them was darkness. I just thought that was, that is I don't, very interesting. I would have connected that verse on my own, but yes. I, it really to fit. And then verse 22, uh, in Matthew six twenty-two, the eye is the lamp of the body. So mm-hmm. if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Your whole body will be filled with light. Yes. Well, Matthew 13, and this is verse 14, this is in reference to the Pharisees as well. It says, indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, Mm. but never perceive. Mm. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears, they can barely hear, and and their eyes, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn 
and I would heal them oh, like wow. he did with the blind man. Like he did that man. It just makes me want to say, Lord, like, please give me eyes to see. You know, yes. I don't want to be blind yes. like that. Yes. I don't want the truth to be in front of me because, you know, spiritual blindness is a real thing. And, you know, we all have times like that. But Lord, like, I just, I don't, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Kind of. I agree. This is theirs is a cautionary tale. You know, it is, it's, it is because yeah. any of us are like just a few steps away from that, you know, like, yeah. or we, yeah. be if we, you know, cause we're all, I feel like we're all making decisions that make us either closer to Jesus or further away from us, you know, like even if they're like really small things well, and you know, it doesn't take long before we open up our eyes and we're like, Oh, whoops. Yes. Um, and other people can see it and we can't. So, wow. I think that's just my response after I read this. Like, I want to know the truth, Lord. I want to yes. see what you see and how you see. And obviously we need the Holy Spirit for that. Yes. Um, I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. Is there anything to say about like, but now that you say we see your guilt remains, is there anything about guilt? Part of my hesitation with this passage is like, oh, if they're blind, then they just don't know. But Jesus is saying, you know, it's not, it's not that they're just blind and they don't know. It has to do with guilt. And that they're choosing not to see, I think. Mm. They refuse to change their thinking. They yes. refuse to see they are entrenched. Mine cross-references John 15, 22 and 24, which has that same use mm. of word guilt. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. And what did you say? 24? 24. Also? Yeah. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. So yeah, just that part of, of guilt and basically having no excuse. I mean, it's kind of like when- Yeah, no excuse. You, Yes. Like when you tell a kid, oh, don't do that. Or when mm -hmm. you tell just a person, don't do that. Like you want to do that, you know, like you weren't wrong until you knew that it was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Uh, you know, so now like Jesus is clearly saying, like, I am clearly telling you what is, what is the truth? And you're still not like your heart is hardened against that. Yeah. Soften our hearts. Give us yeah. the, open the eyes of our hearts. It's Help all us. of those things. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Break in our belief, forgive our unbelief. Satan comes to mm -hmm. steal and kill and destroy and to cloud our vision. You know, Satan is working here in this story. And mm -hmm. when you see that there is this wall, when this evidence is clearly put in front of the Pharisees of this man that goes from being blinded to having perfect sight. I mean, there mm -hmm. is, that's evidence but they refuse Physically and, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Goes yeah. from having perfect sight in more ways than one, which is right. really cool. Yeah. I, right. I know you've been quoting the Psalms and I was thinking about um, like the end of Psalm 19, where it says, who can discern his errors, forgive my hidden faults, keep your servant from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and a son of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. I, just something you said made me think of that. 
Mm-hmm. This was such a good conversation. Yeah, I really was. appreciated I it. I'm really too. glad you're you're gonna be with us more frequently, Megan. I appreciate I appreciate you and and I think it's gonna oh, be really thanks. good for people to I'm to hear yes, that regularly. I'm, so I'm excited too. Yeah, this yeah. makes me excited. Dear Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for these rich stories that you've you've left us, Lord Jesus, that that tell of your your goodness, your greatness, Lord Jesus, the way you seek out those who are lost, that are blind, who cannot see, and create these brand new, exciting eyes, Lord, eyes of our hearts, eyes, eyes, physical eyes, Lord Jesus, to see, see your wonders, and Lord, help us to always have that heart that is soft to you, Lord, that is, that is open to your word and your example, and Lord Jesus, help us to do the work that you have for us, that even as this blind man was sent and you were sent, we are sent. And Lord Jesus, let your word just be proclaimed um, in the world and in the hearts and minds of those who need to hear it. You're a good God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.